All right. We made it another trip around the sun. It is the first Sunday of the year. I'm delighted you're here with us today. By the way, next week, let me just give you a little sneak preview. Next week, uh, we're going to be kicking off a series of uh, conversations we're calling This is the Way. And yes, that is Jesus walking like a boss with his Mandalorian robes on, uh, with silhouetted against the sunset. That took way more Photoshop hours than I'm proud to admit. But as anyone who knows me will tell you, that's the funnest part of my job. So I didn't know. But this is going to be kind of a church-defining uh, type of series, I would say. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to get into it with you next week. We're going to talk about the church. We're going to talk about what it is, what it isn't, what it could be, and uh, how we can be the kind of church that Jesus deserves to have representing him in the world, and the kind of church that brings life to the world, that brings life to our community, and brings life to you and your family. We want to be the kind of life where you come and not just get like your marching orders, but you come and you get fed and you get blessed every single time you're with the gathering of the brothers and sisters. So that's next week. This morning is kind of a, I would say this is kind of a preamble to that. Uh, We want to kick the year off talking about what it means for us as a church called Generations Church, uh, not by accident, uh, and how do we embrace the new year? Not like in a cliched, like, hey, it's a new year, like, what are we all, what are our resolutions, how do we want to improve ourselves? But rather, we want to talk about how do we view time? How do we view aging? And how do we view the passing of time? Uh, There's a psalm that is always particularly relevant to me this time of year. It's Psalm 90. Some of you know it. It starts off like this. It's a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has gone by or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by the evening it is dry and withered. Uh, Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Teach us to what? Number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So we're going to talk today about what it means to number our days, right? Because our calendars are full of of numbers and appointments and routines and the years sort of fly by. And how many of you know, the more years, the older you get, the years seem to fly by a little faster and faster. It's a little scary how fast the year keeps coming by because I can remember last New Year's Sunday and it felt, that feels like, like a couple months ago, but that was a year ago. So when Moses says, number our days, he's not talking about counting them like you might, you know, count your change. He's talking about making your days count, about entering into just the the depth and and the texture and the color of every single moment that we have. And so this morning, this morning is kind of more of a series of thoughts than like a, you know, deep exegesis of some kind of a passage. But I've been reflecting a bit on this and how this relates to who we are as a community here at Generations. And I think this is going to be a good springboard for us next year, next week. There's a passage 
in 2 Corinthians that I really want to focus on today. It's familiar to a lot of us, I think. Did I tell you it's 2 Corinthians? Yes, 2 Corinthians. It's in chapter 4. Paul says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly we are being what? Renewed day by day. See, Paul's throwing down this radical idea here that even though we're all getting older on the outside, right? On the inside, where it counts, we're being renewed more and more day by day. It says, for our light and momentary troubles. And in this case, he's talking about mostly about persecution. These light and momentary troubles. Yeah, the world's trying to kill us. Hey, big whip. They're achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Hmm. And all the good Christian people, we read this scripture and we go, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we believe that. I don't think we really do, though. Some of us. I, think, I don't think we really do because, see, the promise here from Paul is that somehow each, every day, for those of, you, for those of us who are pursuing God, each day is a renewing. It's not just a new day, but there is a renewing inside us each day so that the longer you go, the more renewed you become. Now, there are two, yes, say it with me, Greek words. Yes. Yes. Fellow nerds, rejoice. We're going to be learning a couple of Greek words today. I know you woke up this morning going, I don't know if I want to go to church, but there's the promise of Greek. Yes. There's two, two Greek words for the word new, uh, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, and I'll just tell you, we're going to camp here for just a little bit because I really want us to make sure we get it. I don't want to jump right over this, explaining this until we all understand and appreciate this. So this could be half an hour. This could be 10 minutes. We could be here till tomorrow morning. Just it's all up, it's all up to how we, how we get it. Okay, here we go. Two Greek words. One is kainos. Kainos means something that's new in kind. Kind of easy to remember. Kainos, kind. It's new in kind. There's another word, neos. And that's something that's new in time. So let me just kind of over-illustrate this a little bit. We'll start with neos because it's really the easy one. Something that's new in time, it means it was here very recently, okay? It wasn't here, now it is here. So it's new in the sense of newborn. Uh, a baby is neos, right? Um, it's in the sense of like, hey, you've got milk in your fridge. I hope it's Neos, because if it's not, it's going to go bad. You're going to need to throw that out, right? Neos means something that's been here for the least amount of time. Uh, how many of you are like me? You go to the grocery store when you're, you know, getting your half and half in the little cabinet. Do you, like, look for the one that's, got, that's just been put out, right? Because you don't want milk that's been there for, like, a few days. You've lost those days, right? You want the newest. You want the newborn milk. You want baby milk. Um, so if you're, that sounds weird. That's not <laughs> You know what I mean. <laughs> All right. So if you're, if, you're, if you're new in terms of Neos, you've just arrived. You've just arrived. You've had, if you're old in terms of Neos, well, you've had many birthdays, right? Makes sense, right? Half an hour, two minutes. It's your choice. Okay. Okay. Now, Kainos is, is different 
in the way of talking about newness. Kainos, it's new in kind, and it, it's, or, or it's new with respect to like God's activity. The best way I could exp- explain it is like, something can be brand new and still, uh, and still feel stale. You know what I mean? You ever go to a movie that just came out, like a brand new, and everybody's talking about it? You go to the movie, or like a new album just comes out, you know, of somebody, and you're left thinking, that just feels like that has way been done before, right? Uh, that is so old. That's just, that, it's the same old thing. It was a lot of hype. It was real shiny, but it feels like it's just been done to death. So, so it can be new in terms of neos, but there's a staleness to it, like every Hallmark movie. <laughs> so there's this, there's, tell me which Hallmark movie this is. The, you know, the girl, she's the career-minded woman, and she's been living in New York, but she's going back home to Indiana, and uh, she sees her high school boyfriend who works at the flower shop, and she, he really bugs her, right, and everything like that. But by the end of the movie, they realize love has been staring them face to face the whole time. Now, which movie is that? It's all of them. It's all the Hallmark, Hallmark movies, right? Yeah. So, it's the Neos movie, but it ain't Kynos. So, there's things that are older in time, on the other hand, but have a freshness to them, right? There's a greenness and a joy to them, right? Uh, past couple of years, I've read a couple of books that are like a thousand years old, and I've been like, where has this been all my life, right? Literally, there's this amazing, just revolutionary freshness. Do you see the difference? There's, it's not like the latest iPhone. It's like that, kind of, is like that breath of fresh air when you come out of the water, if you've been underwater for a while, and you take that first breath, that's kindness, right? It does, it, it's about how it, that freshness, how new it feels. You may have seen a thousand sunrises, but there's that one day where you see one and it just takes your breath away, right? That's the invitation of Scripture, by the way. When we go, when we approach the Scriptures in the morning, we, we have this opportunity to to approach them in a fresh way and let them speak to us in a fresh way. It's not how many sunrises you've seen. It's, it's about letting each one do something to you. And this is the inherent problem with pop culture, pop culture today. Because something's Neos, it's the hot new thing. And then a couple of years later, there's going to be a new Neos, or, or next week there'll be a new hot new thing, right? And that happens all over the place. It even happens in churches, churches and like religious movements and things like that. There'll be a hot new church. Ten years later, there'll be another hot new church in the community. And that's cool. Um, politics. Can you know politics can be the same way? Uh, you know, we think about, oh, like, you know, our political heroes. Think about 10 years ago, like whichever, you know, kind of side of the aisle you sit on. But think about your political heroes 10 years ago. They were the hot new thing. And like today, they probably wouldn't be allowed on the stage at the rally, right? They'd be booed, right? That's the way the world works. It's a neos world. And kainos is that undefinable thing that regardless of how old something is, it can be stale or it can be new and fresh and green. Making sense? Okay. I feel about 10% good about that, that you're getting this. So when Paul talks about being renewed, the word isn't neos. He doesn't use that word. It's not like you're being young again every day. You know, you've been like spiritually Botoxed or your, your wrinkles are all disappearing. But you are being kinosed. 
You're being given the opportunity as you grow older in Neo's terms, because we're all growing older in Neo's terms, but you're given the opportunity in Jesus to experience kainos, which is the, the, the renewal that allows us to feel and to be more fresh, more open, more flexible and curious and excited and hopeful the older we get. The problem is that we, we view the world in Neo's terms. And so, uh, you know, you know uh, we have like one-hit wonders. We have one-hit wonders. We have has-beens and the where are they now with, you know, with our pop stars, our aging pop stars. They, they might be somebody, you know, that we, you know, we just find amazing and glorious, but sometimes they're just objects of ridicule because um, there's this constant worship of, of newness in the neo sense. Whatever's new, whatever's hip and fresh. And the coveted demographic is what? Young people, right? I mean, that's what the advertisers are after. They're after uh, the young people, the, you know, the, the Generation Z, you know. And, and we seem to say that what's youngest in terms of time is most important. And we communicate that what's oldest in terms of time is irrelevant and least important. And so when we look at aging or the passing of years, we'll say things like, well, those are the golden years, those are seniors, and those are our elderly. But we also have these little put-downs, right? Over the hill, right? Because as you age, especially in our culture, it's just the, the waters we swim in, you grow increasingly irrelevant in, in Western society. What's relevant is in terms of time is, is what's been here the least, that is what's most valued. What's been here the least is most valued. What's been here the longest is often valued the least. And this is a horrible way of reckoning time, right? Because it means, number one, it means the pressure is on young people to have this be the pinnacle of their lives, right? They're told this is your moment, which is a load of baloney, I can just tell you, right? And, and then the pressure on old people is like to, to be in constant dread, this fear of like aging out, of being irrelevant, of, of being forgotten and not having a voice or a seat at the table or being valued in any you know, way, shape, or form. And that's the irony, isn't it? Because we take folks who are old in terms of neos, and you know, and what's kind of the joke today? We send them to Florida or Arizona, right? Force them into retirement. We force folks into retirement. And, and what's crazy is those are the folks who often have the most time on their hands, the most resources, the most wisdom, and we somehow, somehow communicate to them that they're no longer needed. They just need to get out of the way. And so instead of, you know, intergenerational harmony in Western culture, where, where the generations admit that we, we need each other, we have these labels and we mock each other, Right? How many of you heard, okay, boomer, right? It's a way we mock. Or those millennials, they're just, they're just lazy. Or Gen Z, uh, they just want to mooch off of us, right? Or Generation X. Generation X is awesome, so you can't really say anything bad about it, I understand. <laughs> but it's, no, no, okay. Whatever the stereotypes are, they're all out there. Unsurprisingly, this is not a, a biblical vision for how the generations relate and uh, how we're to see the passing of time. I want to look at Psalm 92. There's this great image here of what old age looks like. In verse 12, 
The psalmist says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Yes, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And again, it's this picture that by focusing on, on being renewed day by day, at some point, you're renewed and you're renewed, you're renewed, and, and every day, every day, every day, and, and, and eventually you find yourself old in Neos terms, but you're still fresh as ever. Have you ever been around people like this? Yes, I've known people like this. Ministers, I've had professors. They were like old. And I remember this one guy. He was he was so he was so wise. He was old, and you know, and he got older, and you know, his hands kind of shook a little bit, and his stories kind of started repeating. But like people just flocked to him. Young people would just flock and listen, and because there was just something, there was just something amazing in Neo's terms. He was old, but in Kainos terms, he was as fresh as you've ever met. And the older he got, the more open and joyful and flexible he got. I think about somebody right now in my life who I wouldn't say is old, 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 but Mr. John Alexander, who just had a birthday. Happy birthday, John. Here he is back. See, he's back there. There he is. 25 plus. But if you want to see uh, someone who has this ageless, just passion for the world, this passion for people, just to pour out of himself to other people, to just talk to people. And, and he's, always, he's still, he's like, what can we do? What can we do for our community? And I'm going to get together with these leaders over here and, these, and we're going to get to there with this group so we can, we can reach our young people today. And he goes and sits with them at the coffee shop and talks to them and they still come to him because he's this kind of guy. He's just this fount of, of generosity of spirit, right? He, that's that's Kainos new right there. And there's a whole generation of people looking for father and mother figures. People looking for people who don't get more closed off the older they get, but are more open, more willing to invest. Can I get an amen? Yeah. And there's just this sense in which some of us in the church, we've reckoned time wrongly so that the, the more time that goes by, the less value there is for folks with, with wisdom and experience. Now, I have noticed there's a vintage movement. There's always a vintage movement, right? Like, I don't know, like a decade ago or so, everybody who was born after 1990 got really into record players and vinyl albums. And there's even like this eBay club page, like for, you know, buying like, vintage tapes and eight tracks. And I'm just like, come on, didn't we graduate gladly from that? Like, why, why are we going back to that? But, and my kids, I, my kids play video games and the, their favorite video games are not like the ones with the, like the incredible graphics that like look like, you know, real life. It's stuff it looks like was played on my Atari 2600 in the eighties. It's terrible little blip creatures, boxy heads with bad music. And they're just like, ah, this is the best. I don't know. So, so there are echoes in pop culture of valuing things that are old, but not so much when it comes to people. So the invitation of scripture to us is to recognize that there are some things that are not as safe in the hands of a 20-year-old as they are in a 70-year-old, right? 
In the Torah, literally, the Hebrew word for old is the same word as wise. It's early church and the early church leadership and even back into the leadership in Israel. It was it was always based on age. It really was. And that's why they were called elders. They really were. Because these were the people who had the most life experience behind them. And in the biblical vision, old age is a cause for celebration, right? It's actually a victory. It's considered a blessing from God to have gotten to be alive for so long. And all of us here are like, yeah, 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 I agree with that. But, you know, we still all dread our birthdays. We don't view our own years as like an advantage, right? Because we have a culture, we live in a culture that's just constantly shouting at us, once you hit middle age, you're just timing out, right? You don't have much to offer anymore. And that is not in any way a biblical vision. Instead, we actually see that there is this sort of generational animosity that God calls us to war against, to resist, as part of what it means to be a church of hospitality and a church of all generations, right? And so we see examples all over the place, honoring people who are older than us. In First uh, in Timothy, for example, Timothy was a very, he was a young pastor, right? Very young and handsome like myself. And so Paul Paul's like his, I'm just kidding, Paul's like his mentor, and Paul tells him, Timothy, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. But then a few, at the same time, a few verses later, Paul says, do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your what? Treat younger men as what? Older women as, younger women as, with absolute purity. So the image is that whatever is your your biological family, this community, this community right here that we have, becomes almost more significant, a more significant influence in your life, right? And that's the call of Scripture, by the way, for us to constantly push back on the the little boundaries that we set up. Well, this is my family. These are the people who share my name. No, we push back and and we enlarge those boundaries to to include my brothers and sisters in Christ. They are my family. But Paul tells, I I enjoy reading this, this letter because he tells this pastor, hey, even people you're having a hard time with, when you're having a hard time with people, it's honor and it's respect and it's listen and it's care for And you have this great invitation also in the Bible for younger folks to seek out older folks for wisdom and counsel. This is so important. If we were to poll some of the young people in the room that I see here, there's a, I'm I'm betting there'd be a great sense that they crave help. The younger people in our community really do crave help. One of the most popular Instagram accounts that I follow is, uh, I think it's called Old Dad Advice or Old Man Advice, something like that, but it's, it's awesome, it's so cool, it's literally an old guy going, oh, hey, okay, here's how you tie a tie, here's how you change a tire, right, here's how you cook a steak, and that's it, and it's awesome, because it's just basic, like, dad stuff, it's super popular, 
Super popular. Why? Because there is a lack of wisdom, just sort of literal practical wisdom in the world. And for some reason, the older we get, sometimes our old folks, the vibe we give off is, ah, we're not interested in helping any of y'all, right? We're interested in just holding on to what we have for as long as we can. And then the younger generation looks at that and they, they look at that posture and they, they judge it and they criticize it. And they just want the old folks to get out of the way because of their impatience. And so instead of honor, and this is a mutual thing, a mutual honor and listening and interdependence, what we have is this antagonism that needs to be dealt with, even in the church. I heard a pastor on a podcast just the other day. He was talking about a church he led for a little while. It was a, one of the biggest churches in California. And one of the biggest issues was conflict between the generations. What a tragedy. And ultimately, that church imploded like after three years because he said we could not figure it out. It was awful. And it was on both sides. So for those of us who are a little bit older, and I count myself in there because, you know, midlife, I'm 52. And so midlife is kind of this interesting thing where some of you, you know, are in that position where you, um, you're taking care of kids. You might be taking care of grandkids. And you're also taking care of parents. Right? So you're kind of in this bridge between several generations. And the exhortation here is for us to, you know, war against the Florida mindset. Right? And, and so the older folks, the, the idea that retirement just means abdication of all responsibility to your fellow man. I don't see that anywhere in the Bible Right? I don't see, there's no biblical permission for that posture of heart that says, hey, I got mine, I earned it, I put in my years, now I'm out of here. I'm no longer responsible to anybody, to the community around me. Good luck. No, I don't see it. Now, yeah, there's, there's a time for a, a, a change of vocation, a new season, and that can be beautiful. Something more refreshing, absolutely. But the idea that, no, nah, I've given everything I need to, so this section of life is just mine. Without any reference to what God's doing in the world, there's no, I don't see any permission for that. Instead, what you've got is all sorts of exhortations, so many exhortations for the older to invest in the younger. Amen? Over in Psalm 71, he says, Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation. Right? Deuteronomy, this is the famous Shammai prayer. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. There's such a need. There's such a need for spiritual mothers and fathers these days. And those of us who are aging in terms of neos. The need for us to be renewed day by day so that there is a freshness and and an openness and a flexibility. That is so crucial. That is why, fellow old folks, we gotta be renewed or else it's not possible. There's not a freshness, right? Old folks, uh, young people desperately need mentors, not critics. They need mentors. Don't be blinded by the tyranny of tradition. 
so that you can't even consider a fresh perspective because it's unfamiliar. That's living out of fear, right? Instead of out of growth and love and curiosity and joy. And those of you who are young and beautiful, like my wife, this is why we're such a great team because we have, we have a foot in each generation. I'm here for you old folks. She's here for you young folks. For you younger folks, the need to wait, the desire to, to listen, to honor an older generation, even if, and listen, even if they don't reflect exactly your values. And I understand. There is a natural shift over time. There's a natural shift from generation to generation for values and norms to kind of morph and change. None of this means you've got to agree on everything, okay? I'm not calling us to agree on everything. That's impossible. If we have to agree on everything, we just might as well split into like three churches, right? We'll have old people church, midlife church, and young people church. But no, we don't need to agree. It's, it's not about that. It's about being respectful and patient and compassionate and valuing each other, right? Young people, old folks need a voice. They need a place at the table, right? There is a wealth of experience and brilliance that can only be earned by years of living and seeing movements come and go. Am I right, old folks? Yeah. You've seen it all. You've seen, yeah, I've seen that. Oh, we already did that. We tried that, right? I understand. And so, young people, we can dismiss our elders if you succumb to the tyranny of the new, the tyranny of the neos above all. Guys, this is big work for the church, isn't it? It's just, this is not just like, oh, this is cool and easy, yeah. I think for both sides of the generational equation, to really buy into a, a truly biblical view of time is a lot of it just starts with repenting from our preoccupation with youthfulness, because it's everywhere. You're in the prime of life, you're over the hill, and we have these ways of describing it, right? Oh, you're in your college years, the best time of your life. And I'm telling you, it is not. <laughs> they are not. <clears throat> high school? Who wants to go back to that? God bless you if you're in high school. Uh, I remember the pressure is constant, right? Of who, who, who's friends? Who's my friend today? And what, how, why, are they, why don't they like me tomorrow? And where am I going to go to school? Because right, everything like, depends on that and picking the right job. Everything depends on every decision you're told. Like Every decision you make is the most important thing. And I just want to say to someone who maybe is down the road right there, there isn't any mistake you can make right now that cannot be redeemed in God's world, in his economy with God's people. Amen? Yeah. You're going to be okay. Young people, you're going to be okay. Your life will not in any way, shape, or form turn out the way you think it will. <laughs> so just enjoy the ride. It will not turn out the way you think. And for those of us who have a few years, who, who have, maybe you've got years and maybe your years are got some suffering and you've, you've been hollowed out by sorrows and disillusionment. You've gone through those seasons. And for those of you... And you feel that temptation. Maybe it's the news or maybe it's just dealing with somebody at the grocery store or something. But you feel that temptation to feel threatened and judgy 
and criticizing people who are coming up behind us. Man, the call for us is to be renewed day by day. You can't love and invest in people that you're judging and criticizing. You just can't. You just can't. And so instead, the image that God gives us is of people who are fearlessly growing older and rejoicing as they do. Because in the scriptures, old age is a gift. And the point in the Bible, it's never about your, your, your physical prowess. It's always about how spiritually mature you're becoming. And some of us have been around older people who are like that. And some of us have been around older folks who have not invested in being remade and renewed, and they become brittle and harsh and disrespectful. So, friends, there's nothing really more deep and brilliant, I have to say, than just to offer this impassioned plea for us to show the world around us a better picture of family. This is another piece of what it means to be a community together, to see each other with eyes of love, eyes of respect, to walk in unity and not uniformity. That's what we keep saying, right? That's walking in unity. And, and as we embark on this new year, we're numbering our days, and we recognize, yes, the Bible's images about olding, it does not sugarcoat things, right? If you're looking, if you go to the scriptures for like a good pep talk, eh, its images for us are mist, vapor, shadow, dew, grass that's fresh in the morning and withering away by evening. <laughs> Thanks, Bible. <laughs> and yet in the midst of it all, there is this incredible opportunity to grow into the kinds of people who are never stale. Right? This is what it means to be renewed day by day, to orient our life around Jesus. It's why we do what we do. It's why we do the things that we do at Generations, why we, we gather as often as possible around prayer and around study and conversation, communion, while we practice hospitality and apology and forgiveness and reconciliation to learn when to listen and when to speak. It's why our home life groups are not based on age because I want everybody, at every, someone from every generation at every group. So my prayer for this new year is, Lord, may I become more fresh and green on the inside more than ever. Even as outwardly, yes, there is aging. Guys, I hurt my back the other night rolling over. <laughs> it's, it's getting to there now. I see that. Okay. I see. The, the physical frailties are coming. My, my mom always says, I love, she, says, she says, getting old is not for wimps, right? It's not for wimps. The aches and pains, they're real. The frustrations at seeing the world change, the value shift, I know it's real. And in some cases, we just have to admit some of those changes are good. Some new ideas are good, even if they're uncomfortable. Some of those new ideas are absurd, they're terrible, and they'll go away you know, when the flavor of the month has changed. But there's an invitation in the midst of it all to embrace every stage of life, wherever you're at. Not to wish you were this, or to, oh, I can't wait till I'm, mm, just embrace this stage of life as equally valuable, equally priceless. Reject the idea that you need to dread or avoid 
or belittle whatever season we find ourselves in. Amen? When it comes down to it, it really comes back to being people of gratitude, having a heart of gratitude for the gift of of life, for the gift of time that God has given us, the gift of wisdom that he has offered us, either through our own experience or through the experience of my brother or sister. I'm going to praise God for that gift of wisdom, for the gift of grace that he's shown us. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, I don't know, what a joy it is just to be in this community. And I'm so grateful, Lord, for the opportunity to be here among friends, to be among family, to walk out our faith together, Lord, this new year. Thank you for the gift of life today. Thank you for the new year. Lord, some of us rightly lament the pains that last year had for some of us. And and we hope with faith for what this new year will be. Lord, help us to number our days well. Help us, Father God, to model and capture this vision of what it means to to reckon time rightly, to see each other, not through the gaze of Neos, but through the gaze of Kainos. May we learn to number our days in a healthy way, with faith in you, Lord God, with love and respect for each other. God, give us the courage to, to reject the message of our culture, this modern culture that tells us that our worth just diminishes with age. May we not fear the passing of time, Lord God, but we declare that every season of this life, every day you bless us with, will be infused with your purpose. Lord, we declare our our later years can, can be the richest yet. The wisdom that we've earned will be a blessing, Lord God, and not a burden to the younger generations of the world. And may those of us, Father God, still in our youth, treasure the gift that is our older generation. Thank you, Lord. To that end, we ask your blessing. In the mighty, transformative name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Well, if our altar prayer team members will come up. If there's anything you need prayer about today, Start the year off right. Start the year standing with somebody and saying, here's what I need. Here's what I'm desperate for from God. And and come forward. Let these guys pray with you. You may stand to your feet if you will. It's a new year. I'm going to offer you a new benediction. This one's from 2 Corinthians 13. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of the Father and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all until we meet again. Amen? Amen. Grace and peace. Bye-bye.